Uh, send me Ironkin feet pics. <laughs> Votan only fans. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode 15. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the Lance Bean to my Bill Riser, Andrew Mitchell. Yeah, I don't get that one. Oh, Contra. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've played Contra plenty. That's just not the name. Like, the, that's yeah. not one of those, like, video... Oh. It's not a Mario or something. Yeah, you know? uh, they're a play on Bill Paxton and Paul Riser. See, I was thinking. I was thinking along those lines. Where I'm like, that's a very '80s kind of. Oh where yeah. did I know that. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> red okay. guy and blue guy. So I'm not. I'm not totally clueless. It just You're wasn't totally at the forefront. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't on the arcade cabinet. I don't. I don't think. Might have been. Yeah, it, it probably was somewhere. No idea. No idea. All right. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back with us as always, Andrew. Do you want to introduce our sponsor today? Oh, yes. As always, we are sponsored by our friends over at Grip and Rip. Mm. Oh, what are we drinking today, Tony? Uh, we are going with another local. We're going with a nice one. You know, to, to go nicely with my steak here. I have the Creature Comforts Automatic Pale Ale. It is a good, just kind of day drinking sort of beer. What is its ABV? It's not very high. I, mean, I guess it's around a 6, 6.5. Uh, I think it's lower than that, actually. I think it's around a 5. Yeah, five five. So okay. Yep. Um, Day drinking beer. Same boat with me. Mine is also a five percenter. I have an Austin East Ciders. Ciders with a C. Uh, Blood orange cider. Ooh, there you so go. Was, it's it's hot as fuck, y'all. So uh, I needed something it is very hot. A little a little more refreshing, and uh, this one's actually shockingly tart. I thought it would have been sweeter than it is, but I, I like it a lot. Yeah, this is this is more tart on the IPA spectrum of things. The automatic. Automatic. Oh, Automatic. Oh, our our uh, paint thinner IPAs we've had during some of our recent games played. My God. Oh my God. What? I don't even remember what brand that was. IPA? No, it that was, was a... just uh, it was Terrapins Depth Perception IPA. Fucking nine point one. God ridiculous. damn. Ugh. Good. It, it was, was good. Uh, it was good. It, it, it was weirdly sweet, so it cut through the ridiculous hoppiness that uh, most IPAs had. So I, I found it drinkable. It's not yeah. something I pick up on my own, but it was okay. We found a beer that both me and Andrew loved and hated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, I was more okay with this beer uh, than you. Mm, I guess your hatred outweighs my okayness on that beer. So Because you, you despise that last one you got me as a Oh, goof. double bubble chocolate bullshit? <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever it was called. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Uh, well, oh we have a uh, a fun announcement for our, our, our loyal, loyal fans who stuck with us for, I guess, 17 episodes, if you count our weird half episodes. Yeah, um, numbers! If you, would like to, if you would like to also uh, become a sponsor like our friends Grip and Rip, we got a Patreon now. We uh, uh, Check us out over at uh, patreon.com slash dice like ice. Not even dice like ice podcast. We got just straight dice like ice. Um very reasonable levels, so you can join in at $3, $5, $10, and $10,000 if you're rich as hell, which yeah. I'd be amazed if anyone threw that much money at us. I put it there purely as a goof, and if someone were to send us that kind of money, I would say, excuse me, is something wrong? Did you click the wrong one? Um, but, you know, if you want to chuck a couple bucks our way, it's all going straight back into the podcast for, you know, new equipment and 
foam so I can record somewhere other than my closet, I guess. Uh, Non-skunk beer. Non-skunked beer, although that one's purely on Tony. Ooh, that I was bad. Skunk that was yet. so bad. Your time will come, Andrew. Your time will come. Maybe. Well, maybe I'll stick with ciders. I don't know if you could skunk <laughs> a cider. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you could do like a wine and get kind of vinegary. Get, get, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of getting a corked wine. Oh, yeah. Just, I have had corked ciders before. Mm, yeah, not good. Not good. Mm. But yeah, so if you uh, if you like the podcast, you know, rate us five stars on all your favorite places and give us a little bit of change because, uh, you know, the, the more money we're going to do it anyway, but the more money we get, the podcast will get better. So, hey. Yeah, honestly, we would do this podcast if we had zero listeners because it's just fun to do. Yeah. Just doofing around with my buddies. Mainly just shooting the shit with my friend. And then sometimes people also chime in and go, hey, excuse me, you were wrong about X, Y, and Z. And we go, hey, bud, <laughs> shut up. But thanks. So... <laughs> Uh, oh, oh god! Sorry, I almost Weird. knocked everything over. <laughs> We're just a couple idiots who've been in this hobby for a bit, and we got opinions. They might be wrong, they might be dumb, but we got them. They're both wrong and dumb, semi regularly, in fact. Yeah, very true. What can you do? Yeah. Uh, speaking of dumb and wrong opinions, Andrew, what you been working on? What the hell? What kind of transition <laughs> was that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, man, I'm two sips into a 5.5. Give me a break. Oh, man. Well, getting a little tipsy over <laughs> yeah, here. Okay. Uh, Better put has... my keys up. Yeah. Uh, it has been a bit since our last recording, and as always, I got a pretty good bit of hobby progress, but uh, it's summer, and uh, my job is, mm, let's just say, super dead during the summer, so I've had <laughs> nothing but time on my hands. The girlfriend's been on vacation, so I've had a couple weeks to myself. I've been painting up a goddamn storm. So, starting off, I built and primed the Anniversary Cruel Boys model that you uh, so kindly picked up for me. Um, I also built, primed, and fully painted the Inquisitor Anniversary model, which is just so goddamn cool. That is such that an awesome model. so cool. I like the purple you did on the cloak, too. Yeah, I wanted to try uh, something with kind of like that, I don't know regal aesthetic because you know purples and reds and all that because they just have black on their one and it's a really good really good paint scheme but i don't know i wanted something that popped a little bit more and yeah for sure he looked like one of those inquisitors what's got changed to throw around so i wanted to give him kind of a, a schnazzy cloak to go with it um super fun really cool model uh i tried to paint him very clean because I, I do a lot of grimy but uh, his metal uh, on his prosthetics and his armor is uh i painted it iron breaker i um uh, 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 recess shaded with Nolan oil, and then I did uh, Necron compound on top of it to get it really shiny, and that's it. It's just a straight flat metal, and I think mm -hmm. it looks pretty awesome. Uh, a little bit more I can do on it. I'm not super done with the base, and I think I might make the book that he's stabbing have like blood coming out of it or something because it's a demon book, but I haven't super decided on that yet. Um, let's see. After him, I finished painting four hive scum for necromunda just picked up the 20 dollar kit um they're fun it comes with tons of different little bits and bobs uh very oh, yeah, easy customization great. um so i just you know gave everybody a pistol gave uh i gave two people a pistol one person i gave a las gun one i gave an auto gun just sort of mix and match had to throw in the chain sword because why wouldn't you if they give you a chain sword option so nothing too special on them uh after that the next big one i finished i finished the ash wastes terrain set that came with the the big box um, painted it to look kind of like a sandblasted sort of color. Uh, so just like Xandry dust, uh, 
uh, uh, uh, Ushab T-Bone and then Edge highlighted with just pure white. I think it turned out very well. Uh, went back in and hit some of the bits and bobs of metal, put a little bit of uh, recess shading with Sarah from Sepia, just kind of grunge it up a bit, but without going like crazy grungy because it's deserty. Uh, I also bought MDF bases to put them on because they are a little bit top heavy. So yeah, they uh, look uh, look a bit wobbly. Yeah, just a, a a little bit of a bump, and they go flying. <laughs> so I, I got some good 160 mil bases to put them on, and that, that feels like it helped a lot. Um, did the same basing scheme on those as I was doing on my my Nomad gangs, which I still need to put pictures of on uh, Instagram. I might go take a bunch of pictures after we finish recording here. <laughs> um, super fun. First thing I did when I got it finished was just put it together and you know did the little thing where you're marching your soldiers up the ramps and i'm just like ah this is so much fun um so tons of ash waste terrain ready to go as soon as we get the new rule book which is coming soon um let's see after that i finished my marsh crawler slogoth for my cruel boys army um for those of you who don't speak aos goofy name that is the uh, really creepy like golem troll that has the big howdah on its back with a bunch of goblins in it um super fun model really creepy it's it's one of their like genuinely creepiest models that they've made i think it's just really i don't know it just looks really strange it's very emaciated for a troll it's got weirdly long limbs just very very spooky but um did that fully painted fully based super fun model did a lot of wet blending techniques on it had a ton of fun painting that model uh did the anniversary i finished an additional close quarters nomad for my gang because i thought i might need it for the campaign that we're currently in we'll get to that um nothing too special on him that was a pretty quick and dirty paint scheme uh i finished an entire set of uh iron golems for Warcry. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have been uh, teasing getting into Slaves of Darkness for a while, and I was like, well, you know, I'll pick up this gang, see how I like painting them, try a scheme I've had rattling around in my brain for a bit, and uh, yeah, I'm probably going to get into Slaves of Gar- Darkness now. <laughs> I, uh, I painted them to look like they had really weathered, like, patinaed copper for armor and shields, and that was a really cool effect. I thought that turned out very well. Um, really simple, too, like, shockingly easy to do. We were talking about it on a, a few podcasts ago about using contrasts over metal to get effects. It's a great, thought, great thing. It was great. It legitimately came out super well. I uh, So I gave that technique a try. All I did was prime them black. I base coated them with Hachut Copper, um, which was a thick enough metallic that it actually went on very easily with one, co- one coat, which is unprecedented for their metallics lines. Um, Lead Belcher is the only other one that really goes on super easy. Um, did that, and then I went over it with the... Um, the warp lightning contrast which is a green one for those of you that yeah. don't know to give it that really like gnarly left outside coppery look and then i did it uh did a wash of what's the blue drakenhof nightshade the uh just the, the normal yeah shade that, that like purpley bluish one yeah I, uh, that that got the look almost perfectly um the only thing i was a little annoyed by was the contrast is a little gloopy sometimes so it, it pools in the recesses a lot if you're not paying attention so i had to uh go back and fix some mistakes by piling on the nylock oxide over it to give it a really really grungy look um and then just kind of hit some of the the edges with a little bit of retributor gold to make it look like the copper had been chipped off in battle or something um really easy to do and i like the effect a lot i thought it came out very well um so yeah if i get into slaves of darkness that's what's going to be the the main armor scheme on them and i'm, I'm pretty excited these guys don't have pants or like anything cloth wise though they're all metal so nothing but chafing across the board <laughs> so uh when i actually get to something that has pants and shirts and stuff to uh you know make sure their nipples don't get shaved off by their chain shirts they're wearing that would probably be, be like fine. 
it'll probably be like a blue gray something that goes fairly well with copper um so yeah that was a lot of fun uh <laughs> still going gang next um we got in a forge world order for blood bowl i picked up a few star players tony did as well he'll get to them i'm sure mm-hmm. uh my particular haul this go around was i picked up the uh, star players for my undead game uh, un- gangs <laughs> teams <laughs> my undead words teams. there buddy words words are hard and we play too many different types of games we do uh, play so a lot of games i picked up frankenstein which is uh for those of you that don't know a frankenstein's monster if the name didn't give it away well <laughs> I don't know what to do for you. Um, painted them up in the same style as my necromantic horrors, black armor, rimmed in uh, in orange. Any of the cloth that he had was orange except his pants, which I did like a very dark purpley blue. Um, had a lot of fun playing with the skin tones on him. So he's made out of one guy named Frank, one guy named Stein, thus the name. Uh, so I kind of did one side look kind of like um, more just like dead, normal human-y colored skin. And then the other side I painted like uh, kind of a weird gross blue. Like I went really I like, like that blue. I really like how that blue I, turned out. I was really just kind of playing with colors and seeing what came out. And I got like a weird gross, I don't know, powder blue almost on it. It was really bright, but I was pretty happy with the result. Um Kind of, kind of similar-ish to the one they did on the Forge World site, but I went a little more neon with it, I think. Uh, this is very bright and strange, but very cool model. Love that one a lot. Has a big troll arm stapled onto him, so painted that one like a nice, just standard green-looking troll. Um, after that, I had Wilhelm Cheney, who is the uh, star player werewolf. He has a really dynamic pose where he's kind of like twisting midair at the hips to catch a ball that's going past him in his mouth. Um it was a really dynamic model, but just like paint scheme wise, pretty much exactly the same as my other werewolves in my team. He's just kind of a cooler one has a has a one larger shoulder pad with a big bat wing on it. So, uh, you know, it was fun, but nothing too crazy about it. After that, I painted uh, Gretchen Vector. I looked it up. I know how to pronounce it. It's Vector. I was thinking it was Vector. Um, a with an umlaut is apparently an E noise. Who'd have thought? <laughs> um, that was a pretty cool one. Um, Mainly just played with whites and, and grays on her, uh, washed her blue to get a little bit of like blue recess shading on it, and then just went up to pure white on her. Um, the... That model just looks like it's going to explode. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like the. I, I hate how spindly that model looks. It's like the night haunt models, like that one. She might not get much use just because if she gets pulled out of the box more than twice, she might explode. <laughs> yeah, especially because um, she's resin. She's got what? Does she even have two points of contact? No, she has a chain, and that's it. The the like. Her cloak touches, but it's not actually a point of contact on it. No, it's very close, and I might go back and put a rock in just to yeah, attach I, I to that. Um, she's really good on the pitch. She has some awesome rules, but she's really expensive, so it'd only be really good for like if you have a shitload of inducements <laughs> if you're playing a league game or you're playing like a star player game. Um, but very cool model, liked it a lot. Um, she actually went super quickly, just the way I painted her. Um, just layering up whites really didn't take that long. And I used uh, the Vallejo white, so it's not nearly as chunky as uh, any of the Games Workshop brand whites are. So actually went on relatively nice and smooth. Almost done. We're getting there. Uh, I got some um, Necromunda weirdos. I picked up some of the Blackstone Fortress models, which you can still find rolling around on eBay for reasonable prices. Um, I went ahead and picked up four of the Beastmen from that set. <clears throat> One of which I gave a plasma pistol and like a backpack and stuff, so he can either be used as Gore Halfhorn for Necromunda or just as a generic bounty hunter. Um, and then the other three I just turned into basic hive scum, um, just to have a little variety in Necromunda, because most of the hive scum are just dudes with sticks and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little crappy stub pistol, you know, nothing too special. So I wanted to mix and match a little bit. Maybe they have a larger base, so I don't know. 
give them a higher strength and higher credit value or something. I don't know. I'll ask Phil since it's the arbitrator. Yeah. Um, I'm also pretty sure I'm going to get a cold traders uh, gang or a house to, to give my gang some extra funds uh, and, and resources. Um, they're the uh, Xenotech smugglers for Necromunda, essentially. So you, you really can only use them if you're playing an outlaw gang. But uh, if you do end up joining with them, you get access to alien technology more easily. And you can also get a retinue of them to come with you on certain fights. So I built up two cold traders who I based on the... Um, I don't know their names at all from the kit, but it's the Navigator who has the really big, weird winged helmet, which I uh, took off and replaced with a cool old Mechanicus helmet. Um, one of the uh, Skitari Ranger helmets. No, the Vanguard helmets with the uh, like Centurion's crest made out of a cog. Uh, and I gave him yeah. a servo skull and just made him look creepy and weird. And then uh, the main um, rogue trader who has the pipe and the uh, the alien like tiger skin on his shoulders. Oh, dude, I love that model. Really cool model. I replaced the pipe hand, which is amazing, I know, but I wanted to feel more menacing. So I replaced the pipe hand with one that has a knife in it. And then I uh, replaced the head with a rust stalker's like gas mask head. Um, so uh, it, just to give him more of like a creepy alien sort of look. Uh, Should have given really him wanna... a... Oh, go ahead. Should have given him a pipe knife. Pipe knife? Pipe knife? I don't like either of those. Don't I don't really either. I don't, a pipe knife just sounds good. It's like a pocket sand. It just it has that <laughs> pipe knife. Pipe knife. It's it's like a yell it as you gun. stab somebody with it. It's like a blow dart gun, but it's like the um, the switchblade from that horrible Punisher movie where it just shoots out of the, the handle. No <laughs> such just... thing. No such thing as a horrible <laughs> Punisher movie. They're all great. Yeah, that that one guy who does the spin into the flying rocket in the second one. Oh boy, third one. I guess, uh, if you and, count the Dolph yeah, you, yeah, the Warzone one. Yeah, though that the Warzone comic. was actually more true to the comics. As weird as it's that true. is, true. It's just super goofy. Yeah, it is. I, I like uh, Thomas Jane as a Punisher. I, I thought he did a fine job. He was he was a fine Frank Castle. It was just not a good movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so got a cool Rustocker mask on him. So just to give him kind of a creepy, I don't know, almost alien look because they're not aliens, but they deal with Xenotech. So I just wanted them to have kind of a, a weird vibe to them. Um, and then the last thing, I'm finally almost done. Uh, I did pick up um, one of the cultist kits from uh, uh, Black Fortress as well, Blackstone Fortress. Um, it's the guy who has the auto gun slung over his shoulder and he's running with an ammo can and he has like a goofy horned helmet. So I just essentially kept the exact same model, but I uh, kind of like surgically cut most of the auto gun away and then added a, a bolter to it so he could be used as an ammo jack for Necromunda because he has an ammo can. He's, he's good to go. Man, this um, is really a deja vu I, I feel like you've done that exact same thing before yeah i did do the exact wow. same conversion uh <laughs> like three years ago the first time we had our, our stumbling attempts to play necromunda right before covid hit um and then i ended up selling it with my deloc gang that i had at the time and got back into it and i was like uh well it's probably going to be a bit before we get forge world what should i do oh i'll just do the exact same thing i did previously because it worked really well and he's five dollars on ebay so uh That's came together really well cheap for that yeah and uh pretty well finished all of those models right before we started recording i was putting the last of the the orange on the rust effects on their bases and yeah nice. pretty, pretty well done um do 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 double checking my list but it looks like that is everything after like 20 minutes of going on about what i've done how about you tony what did you get accomplished so i didn't get quite as much painting done as you did well um, you also have to actually work and i do i do actually have to work at my job but i still got a shitload done uh, so we'll start with the building I got done. 
I put together a total of 80 more clan rats for oh, my boy. Skaven army that doesn't need more clan rats, but here we are. Uh, built two of the new assassins out of Echoes of Doom. Those assassins look so fucking cool. Like, they're awesome looking models. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, got 20 of the 60 Storm Vermin I have assembled. So I've still got 40 more of those guys to crank through. Um, let's see. We knocked out the Doom Wheel this weekend. That was uh, an awful kit to put together. Like, that is one of the worst kits I've ever built. I have and, built one before. I don't remember it being heinous, but it was a few years ago. So the issue with the Doom Wheel kit is nothing is numbered. Ah, it's got the stompa problem, but smaller. It, it's got the stompa problem, but smaller. But the two sides of the wheel, like uh, it, it has these very specific connections that don't line up until about 18 steps in. Ooh. And if you don't realize that, you'll do like I did and just fuck it up. So it's... um. Some of the parts are very particularly and magically sprue-glued onto places that I can hide little pegs coming off. So from certain <laughs> angles, you're like, mm, that's not fucking connected. But it's fine. Well, it's skated. I am about to say, it's, it's like the orc problem. If you just kind of make it look believable for their dumb, exactly. stapled-together aesthetic, it's fine. Whatever. Exactly. Uh, I went ahead and assembled uh, two more rattling guns. And by assembled two rattling guns, I mean I filed the metal tab off of the bottom of the metal pairs of guys and glued new base. Ah, uh, the old metal kit. Oh, God, I love them. I love them. You can kill a man with those things. Uh, then I built what might be the coolest fucking kit in the Skaven range. The Hell Pit Abomination. Ah. That kit goes together really well, and it has so many options that make it just creepy as fuck. Did you go with the uh, the skull bitey head or the weird warp drill stabby head? Uh, I went with the skull bitey head, and then with the, um, uh, the warp stone hitty flail thing as one of the arms, mm. and then as the big mechanical claw as the other arm. Yeah, it's Which, got some uh, rad bits. I, I have a few of them rumbling around my bit box still, and they, they got some chaos use occasionally. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I should have gone with, uh, since I went with so much other Scryer stuff, that I should have gone with the drill face, but, you know, what can you do? I mean, uh, what I'm hearing is you just need to pick up a second one. Don't worry, it's it's on the list to do. Yeah. I uh, did not realize just how many creepy rat heads were poking out of that fucking thing. A lot. There's a lot. It's there's like awesome. 10. It's weird. Yeah. It's it's super bizarre. But I'm I'm kind of at a loss on the paint scheme for it. But I'll I'll figure that out down the road. Uh, for those of you that want a good look at it, hey, look up the model. It's a rad model. But mm -hmm. uh, look up Total War Warhammer Two footage. There will be Hellpit Abomination footage on YouTube, and you can see people who have animated it and show what it actually looks like if it were moving in a real thing. It is gross. It looks oh, like it's gonna. Uh... It looks like it's gonna fall apart in like a John Carpenter <laughs> the Thing kind of way. Nice. Yeah, that's why I got that model. I was like, that is one hundred percent the thing. Like I've got to have that. Uh, then the. See, I also built a handful more of my Caldor conversions. Got Caldor got uh three star players, much like Andrew did. Uh, except I got Thos and Staltamid, the dude Aww. chucking a barrel. We got a uh, old Scorg Snowpelt because they didn't have the normal Yeti in stock, but this one looks way fucking cooler anyway. And then got a uh, Creek the Vermin, isn't it Creek? Yeah, Creek the Verminator Rust Gouger, which, God, that's a cool fucking model. And it is huge, Andrew. That dude is massive. 
Well, and he's a good one, too, because there's nothing, like, inherently blood bully about him. You could easily use him for Skaven in Age of Sigmar as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's he's a great fucking model. Ooh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Yawn break. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that's all the build... Oh, and I finally, after, like, three years of having him, built Gotrick. Hey, but not happened. for not for Warhammer at all. I'm using him as my new D and D character. We've <laughs> well, like three episodes in a row talked about how you've had that and never actually yes. put them together. Yeah, and I finally just pulled the fucking trigger on it. That was that was my my reasoning to do it. And it uh, took what twenty minutes? I don't even think it took that long. Yeah, he's not a complicated. He's kid. a he's very a, simple kid. He's a dwarf. I mean, it's not much to yeah. him. Uh, and then I painted him up today as well. So now we're on to the painting side of things. So I got him all the way painted up. Uh, I played around to do skin a little bit more than I normally do. I actually did layered skin instead of dry brush skin. So did the, uh, you know, your Rackarth base, then a heavy wash of Reichland Flesh Shade, and then um, a layer of Kislev Flesh, and then a really light top highlight of Flaidwin Flesh. Which, I like how it looks, but it's strangely cartoony looking to me, and it doesn't look real like the other effects do. Yeah, the Flayed One Flesh in particular, it, I don't know, it lends itself well to a, like, way more creepier, like, undeady yeah. kind of Oh, oh, tones, but it was, it was just, I did that as the top highlight instead of, like, White Scar. Because a lot mm. of people use White Scar to kiss left flesh to, like... Do light reflecting on it, but I, I kind of like how that looks better. Pallet Witch has just a teensy touch of red in it, so yeah. it's, it's not quite a pink, but it's enough to where it looks like I don't know, blood's flowing under skin or something. Maybe yeah. maybe go over the very highest highlights with that and see if it does anything. Well, it's not the um, it's not the coloring itself on it that makes it look cartoony to me. It's just that style. It's super exaggerated looking. Ah, okay. Yeah, I like tend it, to like that for monsters and stuff, but yeah, for like yeah. realistic flesh tones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I got my entire Caldor gang finished painting, and oh. I've painted my first six uh, reinforcements on it. Nice. So they're ready to go. Though I need to paint a couple more. I think I might paint. I need to paint one more before Wednesday, but I, I've got them mostly done, so it's not a big deal. Uh, I painted my entire Norse Blood Bowl team, and I'm actually really happy with how they came out. Well, they uh, look pretty damn solid, especially Porky the Beer Pig. Yeah, where you had to go and buy pink I specifically went and for it. Specific pink, because like you know, I did the one pig. It's like the black and the dark gray. I was like, man, I really want to just go on another. I don't remember who it was. Like, dude, just fucking like cartoon pink. I was like, yeah, fuck it, because I was only ever planning on using one anyway, and now I like it better than the other one. I mean, so, it's Blood Bowl. It's an inherently goofy game. You might as well have the goofy pig. But it's it's really fun to paint bright colors because it's just something I've never really done until the past. Six months, give or take. I've always painted much darker, grittier. Like, my, my color palette's always been dark greens, browns, dark reds, stuff like that. I mean, that. you're coming from Ad or uh, uh, Imperial Guard and Black Templars. Yeah. I mean, you don't have much color like, variety. Pops of bright greens about as bright as I would get. Just need uh, to paint a whole Slaneshi army, really nope. get it out of your system. No, I'm good. Uh, and then I got Scorch Snow Pelt painted up. I sat, I washed, built, primed, and painted and based him all in one sitting. It was such a fun model to work on. Well, that's one of the things I really like about character models like that, uh, especially ones with fur, because fur is super easy to paint. But mm -hmm. it's just really fun taking like three or four hours, if you have it, and just sitting down and finishing them. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, and then I also painted up my Vermin Lord Deceiver. I've still got to do some work on the horns and a little bit of other stuff on it, but I'm still happy with the, the base level it is right now. Ninja. Ninja. Right. I was so glad I got to do one more game with those guys. Uh, well, speaking of, we should probably oh, get yeah, yeah, play. Yeah, because uh, I think that's all my progress. It was still a significant amount, but it wasn't It wasn't what you cranked out. Yeah. Um. That was our last proper podcast. It was about a month ago before the Necromunda one off. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been been some time to get some stuff done, and you weren't as ridiculously busy as you have been for the past few podcasts. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, so let's uh, let's go into some gameplay, Andrew. What uh, what you want to start us off? Uh, I'm sure. Well, our uh, our second Necromunda campaign has finally kicked off. Um, yep. yep. I am going with the Nomads, which is an interesting choice, considering they don't really have rules yet, although those are coming soon. Oh, um, I thought their rule was just to burn to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, uh, we're almost done with the first week of this campaign, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real with y'all. I'm doing fucking terrible. <laughs> it has <laughs> been a bad time for the Nomads, and I don't think it's actually the Nomads' fault, even because they don't they don't have like a proper rulebook yet. They just have what came in the Ashways box. They have decent stats. They have some cool abilities. I just rolled. I the, there's a reason we're called Dice Like Ice. <laughs> yeah. I have done so bad the past couple matches. And everybody else I've played against, which is two people, has rolled pretty damn hot. So we'll uh, we'll start off with the first game, which was against Phil, uh, Phil of our, our last episode. Uh, he is playing as Eshers again, and it was a Zoe Mortalis, which is tunnel fighting, for those of you who uh, didn't care to listen to our three-hour episode about Necromunda. Um, and it wasn't like a proper, like, objective, like take the cash or blow up x or y or whatever it was it was legitimately just a death match and he overwhelmed me because he had a bunch of hive scum on his side right off the bat which was uh not great for me and then uh it was like half my gang was built for close combat which should have been good but we were just kind of tied up in an area where there was a big open spot and i was a little dumb and ran some guys in when i probably shouldn't have but he was gonna overwhelmed me pretty well so i wanted to try and get in and get some charges off he ran his death maiden forward who i did manage to pin so i was like oh i'll capitalize on this i'll send in my leader who has chain glaive and a mono hook and he's he's a, he's built for combat he's pretty awesome i'll send in my juve who's built for combat he's got a long sword and a blast pistol it should be great i fucking forgot that death maidens have leap up which uh for those of you who don't know means that they can just stand up for free which means they can charge in their turn because normally yeah. you can't charge from being pro yeah they and, just do that um, little uh, kung fu jump up thing from their yeah back. that thing where they like spin their legs or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly and beat the shit out of andrew's gang so that was uh partially on me for not knowing that uh <laughs> um and she charged in and uh seriously injured my leader right off the bat had the venom so i didn't even get to save against it which is very escher of her uh so he was down but not dead and then my juve is like oh okay it's my turn i will attempt to kill this death maiden i get four or three attacks on the charge because uh or sorry four attacks including the pistol because nomad juves are pretty solid they're built for melee which is shocking so he had a four to hit no uh, a three to hit because they get some bonus thing for uh, being in melee and I whiffed every goddamn attack. <laughs> every single one. And I was like, oh, well, I still have a blast pistol. Maybe I can do something with this. Missed that shot, too. <laughs> and then she's like, huh, 
that's fun. And then she just pulls his head off. It was a, it was just instant death, essentially. Uh, Phil rolled a 65 on his death table, so he was just gone. There was no saving <laughs> him. It was too early in the campaign for me to have credits for a, a rogue doc to bring him back or anything. Just dead. And I'm like, well... That sucks. Uh, my charge caster, which is a rocket launcher, is over here knocking down juves and, and hive scum, and I'm pinning people left and right, but this isn't going well. I'm, I'm just going to bottle. It's early enough. I don't want to lose anything. Uh, Phil fails to capture my leader, but as we're leaving, we have to roll to see if seriously injured people die or recover. Uh, my leader died. And oh, Phil's that's like, what we forgot to do was uh, roll captures in our game. We didn't have anybody captured. Oh, yeah, I guess it was just hive scum. Yeah, um, so uh, he died. Phil, Phil uh, rolled on the, the injury, so he got a 65, which means he was 100% dead, unless he could be saved by a rogue doc. And I'm like, well, he's dead. And Phil's like, well, no, no, hang on. You got to roll your settlement credits. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll get lucky. Rolled a 20, which is pretty <laughs> crap credits. But it's like, okay, it's 2d6 for the doc. You might get lucky. He needed 60 credits. So first game of the campaign, my leader died horribly. I'm like, well, this is a pretty bad start. Cool, cool. This okay, great, cool, fun. Uh, so my next game was against Tony, who uh, is playing his card. Or um, he got to choose the scenario, and he picked ambush, which is really good for him and really yes, bad for me because I was very down. Um, oh, hang on, I'm an idiot. I said my juve died. My juve didn't die. My juve just went out of action into recovery. Okay, either yeah. way, uh, either way, he was irrelevant for this particular fight. So, uh, I, essentially, the ambush is we have to set up the tiles. I'm in the middle. And Tony yep. has completely surrounded me, and I just have to get out of there. And uh, it just didn't really go super great either. It could have gone worse. Could have been much worse. But it really could have gone better. Uh, a lot of it was down to our first roll. It was who's got priority. Yeah. Um, Tony, as the ambusher, got to attack first, right? Was that it? No, that was it. Yeah, you got to attack first in general. Yeah, you? I just I just had priority by being the attacker. Yeah, and he and I got with... to activate D three guys instead of just one. So of course he rolled a three uh, and got yeah. to attack. I got to activate three gangers before I even got to play, which of course meant he took his leader who got to do a group activation. So he really got to attack with five guys before I got yeah. to play. Um, Only one of them actually did something, though. It was a good something, though. It knocked my rocket launcher it out did, very it quickly. It did knock your rocket launcher guy on his ass. And he fell off of a gantry and took a wound <laughs> doing that. So that was fun. Um, then he just kind of proceeded to catch me on fire, and I just sort of ran away and tried to hope for the best. And then right before the end, of course, you managed to just completely kill one of my gangers, which was awesome. Um, Look, I had to take out one more of your guys to secure a win. And I was like, the chance of me straight killing him, killing him is low. So, so of course, you killed him, 65. Killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, tried to focus on killing just your freebie hive scum. Which, to win you, that. which was hard, actually. It really was! <laughs> My gang fucking sucked <laughs> eggs on that one, and then the goddamn hive scum, who I got for 40 credits each because I got the underdog bonus, like, one of them held off three of your guys, including your leader, pretty well for, like, three rounds and almost managed to kill your leader. And, and he held off the dude with the fucking eviscerator. Like, that dude was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with two combat monsters, and he had a stick. <laughs> yeah, he had a club and a stub pistol, the worst weapons in the game. And somehow, Tony could not put him down for three rounds. It was ridiculous. And then you had another ganger run up with a blunder pole and like, guys, let me show you how it's done and just go yeah, in. Just but, one shot the poor bastard. Uh, I had such an underdog bonus that I was able to bring in an ambot, which is uh, generally pretty 
wrecking ball of a unit, but uh, just with how the particular rules of infiltrate were and how you were able to deploy, he was pretty much useless the entire game. I couldn't really get him into combat. And uh, Well, my one juve with a stub pistol managing to pin him over and over again didn't hurt. Yeah, you'd think the, the, the three-ton construction vehicle of a robot would be immune to pinning on by default but no he's not there's nowhere in the rules that say he has nerves of steel or anything so yeah, he, just, he, just he was just pinned the entire game him, yeah. you kept pinning my my actual fucking caterpillar truck of a monster <laughs> and he, he didn't get to do with anything a, the whole with match. a 25 point dude with a fucking reclaimed pistol that he found in the trash yeah, he, he shot you with a fucking river gun Essentially shooting him with a, yeah, like a twenty-two pistol, and it was just like, oh, I got to keep my head down. <laughs> so, I do love uh, that that Juve took two gunshots in the back from other Juves. Yeah, because he kept <laughs> trying to keep him pinned, so he was shooting at him with a bunch of other guys who kept missing, and then your Juve was able to take it on the chin without getting killed, which was pretty amazing. Twice. Twice. Um, needless to say, you won that match. I could have gotten away with much, much worse casualties because uh, Tony was a, 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 a gracious in his victory and did not elect to kill my leader when he very much had the chance to. Thank you very much. I did uh, love that uh, I caught that dude on fire and then he panicked and teleported and ended up in a hallway between two walls, yeah. bouncing off of them on fire for the rest of the fucking game. So I had a, you couldn't I had, roll a four off. I had an Ash Nomad uh, <laughs> tactics card which was like, it was like a disappear into the blackness or whatever, so I could reset them up uh nine inches away from any ganger or nine inches away from that point as long as he was away from any uh, enemy ganger so i i teleported him to where he couldn't be shot at but i couldn't roll a fucking four to save my life so i couldn't put him out of fire so he just kept pinballing off the walls <laughs> until he eventually made it all the way to the end and was able to escape but it was just it was a bad match y'all i'm uh, yeah. i'm in a very very precarious place for this campaign to the point where this gang might fold which will be okay because next week I'll be getting the the new Ashway's rule book and I'll actually be able to properly build a gang. So, you know, it's uh, fine. Not not just the rule book. Uh, you, you didn't talk about your purchase on Hobby Progress there. That's true. You? Purchases count. I forgot. I picked up two boxes of squats. I'm getting into squat prospectors because I love that fucking ridiculous deep, deep rock galactic style. Rock and, and stone baby. For Carl. <laughs> It is going to be a good time. I'm very excited for those dumpy little bastards. Um, and let's see. Uh, how many games did you get that weren't the ones you played with me, Tony? Because the rest of my stuff is stuff uh, I played just, with you. Just two. Okay, we'll go ahead and do those, and then we'll converge on the other two then. All right, all right. So uh, the first one that I played was uh, the night after we did our big recording of the round table, and it was against uh, our boy Matt. Uh, threw down some Blood Bowl, his uh, shambling undead Shambling Undead, isn't that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. The, the not spirit of Halloween team. Just yeah, the very, exactly. The basic, like, zombies and skeletons. Yeah, uh, his Shambling Undead versus my Norse. Uh, my God, every time he broke armor, he rolled an 11. It was staggering. Yeah, you should, sent me a picture of your, your KO'd and dead box. It was and, so uh, dumb. It was overflowing. <laughs> uh, but I did learn one important lesson that game is sometimes the little guy is the star of the show. Mm -hmm. So he was about to score a touchdown with his white, which is one of his better players. And the only thing I had was a beer pig that was going to have to blitz, make three dodges, go for it twice, and then roll three dice, and he got to choose, and I fucking knocked out the white. <laughs> Yeah, it was, was the it? dumbest shit I've two, ever two seen. Two pals and a stumble or something Two like pals and a stumble. So I saved myself a fucking 30-second to midnight touchdown. 
Uh, but since it is Blood Bowl and it is me, it was a one-to-one tie. Yep. Uh, which now I believe I am zero zero and six in Blood Bowl, <laughs> which is fucking stupid. One day you'll win a game, and it'll probably or I'll be lose against it. me. I'll be okay losing a game at this point. I just want something other than a goddamn one-to-one fucking draw. Well, we need to do a star player match and uh, just see how wacky we can get and see just how quickly we can get a one-to-one tie. Yeah, it's exactly what will happen. Uh, so that one ended in a one-to-one tie. It was it was entertaining. Uh, he did the exact same thing I did to him, though, where I was like three spaces from the end zone, was going to score next turn, was decently caged, and he ran a fucking ghoul up and nailed my dude. I was like, okay, well, as long as the ball doesn't bounce in this one particular spot, I'll be able to, you know, catch it and run it in. Uh, it bounces right to one of my players who promptly drops it, and it goes to his ghoul, and he's able to get it away. So I was like, well, fuck, one-to-one draw. Uh... Then the very next game I had was also against Matt, sensing a theme here. Uh, in fact, every every game I played, with the exception of this Necromunda game, Andrew, between you and I, was against Matt. Okay. So, huh. Wow. All right. It's almost hey. like we have a gaming group and we play against the same people frequently. Yeah. God damn it. I need more opponents. Yeah. No offense, Matt. You're a fucking fantastic opponent. But the, uh, the Necromunda game we played was the definition of a slap fight. It was uh, control the relic, or deface the relic. You were trying to destroy the other gang's relic. Uh, we both had one guy that got to start in the center. Uh, my dude lit his guy on fire who fell down. Nothing else happened that first turn. Uh, then the second turn, my dude lit that guy on fire and he fell down again. Seriously injured this time. Uh, and I got a charge off with my Blunderpole guy on his Power Hammer dude and whiffed all my attacks. And the Power Hammer whiffed all his attacks back. And it was on this gantry. It was uh, those two fighting and then a Plasma Gun guy behind him. I was like, man, I've got to fire this fucking grenade launcher and try and knock out that Plasma guy before he just ends one of my dudes. So I fired the grenade launcher, which promptly misses. Uh, scatters and lands directly in between our two guys in close combat, blowing them both backwards on the gantry. Uh, and then at the bottom of turn two, he bottled, uh, because he had one guy seriously injured and he rolled a six. He only had six guys in his gang. Uh, and then he failed his cool check, got to re-roll it, failed it again, and his gang just ran off the board. And it was just a fucking slap fight where nothing happened. It was just kind of... Shot some bullets at each other, shrugged, and then went home. Yeah, uh, I walked away with a flesh wound, and one of his guys caught on fire twice, uh, was seriously injured and flesh wounded twice, and then walked away. Hmm. And that was that was that entire fucking game. Well, so uh, I picked up worse. Yeah, so I've picked up two territories now in this campaign. Uh, I've got the slag pit, slag furnace. I don't know some fucking Goliath thing that sucks for me, and then the needleways, which are the good one. Yeah, that's the one you got from me. That's another yep. thing with me losing this early in the game. I don't got no goddamn territory. I have just my starting settlement, and that's it. So I have no credit income. <laughs> it is, uh, it's going south for me fast, y'all. I believe in you, buddy. We'll see uh, how uh, how Wednesday night goes. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to talk about? Uh, do we want to just talk about together the other two games we had? Sure. Um, so, as we've said before, we're going to Nova, and one of the events that we're doing at Nova is the Age of Sigmar Doubles Tournament, which uh, we're still trying to decide if we want to do a goofy meme list or actually try. Uh, so we're just kind of mixing and matching teams to try and see what we can do. So uh, we ended up actually getting two doubles games in last week, which was yeah, unprecedented. And, yeah, I played uh, Warhammer or D&D every night but one yeah, last week. It was great. 
Yeah, I definitely needed Thursday to myself. I, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd expended all my introvert energy. Um, hey, you, you had to recoup so you could be out until fucking 2 a.m. with us on Friday. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> oh, was what was it, Tuesday stank. we played our first game? Uh, yeah, Tuesday. Okay, so the first one we played was one we were actually sort of kind of trying because we're, we're you know, rolling around some list ideas in our head just to see what'll work. Um, so it was Tony Skaven and My Cruel Boys yep. versus Matt's Fire Slayers and Elias's Daughters of Cain. Yep, snaky uh, ladies. Uh, spoilers, we fucking lost hard, Holy y'all. Holy shit. Fire Slayers are no joke after their latest book, at least against the particular lists that we brought. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, uh, he, he had a block of 20 of them walking forward, and uh, I had my bell get off plague and cause fucking 14 mortal wounds. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I killed one dude and wounded another after his fucking ward saves. Yeah, like this his, is bullshit. <laughs> his whole army has ward saves. His um, what is it? The Volkite Berserkers or something? Yeah, his really, have, his really beefy guys have a fucking four up ward save, which yeah, I did not all, know. Yeah, they're all buffed up on their fucking Urgold bullshits. Yep, they're on their their gold heroin, just going crazy. Yeah, jacked it, uh, up on murder juice. To slow down that unit, I threw almost my entire thousand point army into one unit and slowed it down. Yeah. Uh, and I was playing, uh, essentially sniping. I had a thousand points of like bolt boys and killabos and, uh, they did okay. I wouldn't say they were bad, but they were <laughs> On not. the second turn. <laughs> yeah. The first turn I whiffed everything. Cause you God know, damn it. dice like ice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it made me rethink my list for sure. Cause, uh, that did not do as well as I was hoping. <laughs> Well, I swept in from the side with his sneaky girls, and uh, they tore us up pretty bad and uh, lost horribly. Just pretty much it. We 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 got our got our fucking asses kicked. I missed some hobby progress. Did you? What'd you miss? Uh, twenty four giant rats glued to bases, two molders, and a rat ogre. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a lot of models. I, yeah, and then uh, well, I mean, the giant rats just fucking clipping them off sprues and putting them on a base. It's not like it's ah. rock. It's not like it's scryer science, warp fire science. I don't know, warp rocket science. Warp rocket science. Warp, uh, warp rocket surgery. Yeah. Warp rocket surgery. There you go. And I uh, also got the uh, Skaven Codex on order, the cards on order, the General's Handbook on order. And uh, this morning, when you were like, hey, new dice, I was like, eh, fuck it. I bought two packs of the dice because I'm a rube. Yeah. You're a mark. You're a mook. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> but you know what? I can I can spend it and I enjoy it and I have fun. So That's what matters. As long as you can afford it and makes you smile. Exactly, exactly. It's like a prostitute, but made of plastic. Which I guess you could also buy. Uh, yeah, they might, yeah. <laughs> I think it's mostly silicone, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and then uh, we did Necromunda on Wednesday, as we normally do, and then on Friday we met up again with the same gang. Uh, yep, yep, this yep. time, we made a pact to play our dumb armies, our armies that have been forgotten or that have been <laughs> bad for ages or mediocre at best. So Tony and I, Tony played Skaven again. This time in particular, he went with Ninja Rats. Which you'll uh, remember from, I think, episode three or four, uh, when we were talking dumb lists. Ninja Rat was the dumb list. It was uh, uh, fucking Vermin Lord Deceiver and 80 Night Runners, and they were dumb. It was hilariously bad, but it worked out better than expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went with what originally got me into the Age of Sigmar 
uh, game system. Uh, Gloomspike gets trolls specifically. That was some of the first models I bought for this, and uh, I was so happy to see them on the board again. And they did shockingly well because they played against an army that was just <laughs> as bad as them. Yeah. Um, so I Elias took Elias's uh, flesh eaters. Yes. So um, essentially, what happened was Tony took on uh, Matt's. Bloodsworn, is that what they're called? The, uh, the, yeah, the the corn guys, corn mortals specifically. Yeah, the corn mortals who uh, they've been bad since forever. Um, they they have been completely forgotten, even more so than the gits. So they yeah. were they were hilariously bad. Which oh, I really hope they get a new new battle tome soon because uh, there's some cool models in there and they have some really cool ideas. They just oh, they have been they have been dumped in the gutter for sure. Yes, they are right they there have. with the spike gits. Um. So you fought against that, and I fought against Elias's Flesh Eater Courts, and we essentially just kind of hung out on those sides of the board until the very end of the game. Um, we got a very early lead on victory points. We got we got first turn, and we're able to snag a couple objectives pretty quickly, and got like eight yeah. points ahead, and essentially my stayed were there. Fast. Yes, you got what that, six inches off extra at the beginning. Uh, running? yeah, at least. Uh, well, I rolled two d six, and two of the squads rolled elevens. Yeah, so you're and able then to another just rolled, like, rocket, yeah, they rocket across the map. Hurled across. Uh, but uh, speaking of speaking of rolling elevens, fucking Andrew Boxcars oh. Mitchell over here, Jesus yeah, Christ, I, fucking uh, train conductor. Yeah, I uh, all of my terrible, terrible Necromunda rolling. Like apparently, I was just saving all of that energy for this one goof match that we were playing, <laughs> because I guess that's my brand. I when I play a dumb match that's supposed to be friendly, I I'm unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, it was it was stupid. Oh, like, it, was it was like, ridiculous. is Andrew's list actually a dumb, underpowered list? Yes. Emphatically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trogs are not particularly great. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're okay at 1K, but it wasn't technically 1K. It was still like a weird 2K list. But, you know, it was it was a weird middle ground because we we're playing against other bad armies. So Yeah, and um, you were also rolling boxcars every chance you fucking got. Yes, they were. It was ridiculous. So uh, I essentially took one objective and just held it the whole match. I had two units of six rock gut trolls, which are the stone trolls, uh, and then one unit of three uh, fellwater trolls, which are river trolls, uh, and then one uh, Denkhold Trog boss, who's just a big chunky troll. Uh, and they were just incredibly difficult to put down and stuck around until, mm-hmm. like, oh, hell, we didn't even play. We played till around four. It took that long yeah. for us. yeah. Yeah, so they they stuck in for a while, and then I got super lucky. I was getting really close to dead at the end. They did actually manage to whittle me down, and I was able to get back half of my unit of trolls again for my uh, my fell waters because I had the loon shrine, and that's a gets thing that keeps them in the game. Um, Matt was able to summon in a fucking bloodthirster. He had because, enough points to do another if we would have gone another turn. Yeah, because the game was so ridiculously bloody between the Flesh Eater Courts and the Skaven with just so many units getting wiped every single turn. He's just kind of like, ah, oh, cool. I'll just summon a greater demon yeah. of corn then. And so he did. And there so was a- to, to put that in perspective, uh, my army started with 81 models in it. At the end of turn three, I think I had 16 models left. Yeah, like, my model. I was, I was, it, I was out of models on my side. It was just a vermin lord deceiver doing everything it could just to cut down everything around it. Is my skaven just died in droves? Whereas at the end, I I started with sixteen models and ended with uh, four. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Cause um, what did what did Matt had left that he hadn't summoned? He had 
like three of the hounds left, his hero, and then like three dudes out of that fucking blood blood warrior squad. Yeah, the marauders I took out, essentially. Well, no, no, the, the the better ones, the armored ones. Oh, right, right. Because I took out both the squads of marauders, two of the fucking heroes, some of the dogs, and the goddamn bloodthirster, and it still wasn't enough. Because you're fucking, your troll just absolutely mashing six of those warriors at once. Oh, my trog boss got so lucky. So essentially what I was going to do, I had a full unit of six rock guts and my trog boss, and I was like, oh, we need to charge this one hero. We'll be able to overtake the objective from him and, you know, murder everything that comes in contact with it because rock guts are pretty good at this particular engagement. And my trog boss was able to very easily make that charge. Rock guts didn't quite make it, so my trog boss was on his own again against what was it 20 ghouls yeah 20 and ghouls and 20 blood sworn <laughs> and um whatever his hero was i forget what it's called it's the one that has the whip that uh like frenzies up the uh the shirtless dudes <laughs> yeah that guy. and so i was like all right we're gonna get into a big combat i got some good attacks oh how many wounds does he have six oh cool i have crushing grip so what that does is essentially you just need to roll equal to or greater than a model's wounds and you just instantly kill them so you know yeah, I got a, a, a one in six chance of killing him. So I did. <laughs> it was the first thing I tried because I because I knew it wasn't going to work. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Six. Shit. And so I just squished the guy's head. There's no save against it. It's just an auto dead. It doesn't cause like a wound. So there's no ward saves or anything against it. And it's just like, huh. Okay, well, I just don't have any attacks to throw. And then he gets charged by ghouls and can't throw his attacks back because technically his combat was already over and gets, it was some pretty rough rolling. Elias only got like 13 hits and I saved yeah. most of them with the armor save and then I saved the rest with the ward save he had. And then Matt charged him with his blood sworn and he had like 20 guys attacking and he hit a bunch. He hit like 20 something and I was like, okay, this, you know, he's probably dead here. Rolled mostly fours. Okay, they got through. Rolled mostly fives. Okay, cool. He's still alive somehow. And then he got to finally swing. Oop, let me slam Jesus my microphone. Killer Jesus. Yeah, edit that out. Christ. Um, <laughs> and then he got to swing back finally. And uh, what was it? One hit he got off? No, it was two. Well, no, and... no, because you did the swing back and you killed six of those guys outright. Yeah, because. And then, uh... they, then they fight on death. That was it, yeah. So he got to do... He got one hit off, and he does D6 damage. Yeah. So I rolled a six again. <laughs> and killed six of them right off the bat, because it has a minus two rend, and their armor's not that good. And just killed them. They get to jump back mortal wounds whenever they get hit. He saved about half of them with his ward save. And then we just kind of did that for a bit. They eventually whittled him down, and there was like five ghouls left, and like three bloodstorm yeah. left at the end of it. And it was just outrageously bloody and then on the other side i was fighting against uh, elias's terror geist with my uh, other unit of rock gut trolls who was still kicking and then my uh river trolls river trolls almost killed it outright i only yeah, had three of that them. was they, oh i really thought they were gonna get it oh they charged in they get four attacks each which is ridiculous rend one and two damage each i hit with almost all of them and elias saved i think four ward saves and just barely was able to keep on. I, I yeah, almost... You got him down to what, two, right? That first time? Oh yeah, I got him down to two wounds. That was it. So he only was only able to save two of those attacks. 
just barely was able to hang on. And then he attacked back with the vicious bites or whatever uh, that the Tiregeist gets. And if you roll a six, it causes six mortal wounds outright. And they didn't have any kind of save against that. So he <laughs> rolled three sixes and it was just three dead trolls, which was pretty ridiculous. I'm pretty sure those were the only sixes Elias rolled that entire fucking game. Yeah, I think I was leeching his sixes <laughs> from him. Christ. Because he, his, he his should have rolled so ice. many more. Yeah, so it was it was vicious and bloody, and if we'd have kept rolling, they might have eventually snowballed back just with Elias yeah. summoning ghouls and stuff. Because I was I was getting pretty tapped at the end. So were you? You pretty much just had your deceiver left. Yeah, um, but my deceiver was at full health because every time I was healing, I was rolling max on heroic recovery. Yeah, but so, that that deceiver is mean as shit. About to be meaner with that new rulebook. Uh yeah, flat three damage. Ooh. Yeah, so uh, we called it a draw, or called it an end at uh, two in the morning. They might have won, they might not, who knows, but we called it the victory for us because we were like six points ahead or something at that point, and yeah. it was two, and we wanted to go to bed. Yeah, so. it had been a long day. It had been up since like fucking 5.30 or 6 that morning. We did have several, hey, let's go outside and, you know, shoot the shit moments, but, you know. Exactly. But it was a fun time, and uh, I think that's all for our hobby progress and games, games played. played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost an hour into the podcast. Oh, I'll edit a chunk of it down. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we just we're just gonna touch on some other quick things real fast. So some of the stuff that's popped up on Warcom recently. Uh, I know one thing interests me a lot, Andrew. Is there something that interests you a lot that's come out of Warcom? Hmm. Well, the biggest one, I guess, is that uh, they. Did unleash some of the new Ash Waste rules for building your they own did. custom vehicles. And, it looks so cool. Oh, they're going to make so much money from people buying vehicle kits because it is a kit basher's dream. It is going to oh, be yeah. awesome. It's You build uh, a certain size of vehicle and then it has a certain amount of points on its hull that you can mount weapons or have like escape hatches or smoke grenades or all kinds of super cool stuff. And I, they, they haven't shown all of the options, but we're getting the book in in like a week and a half. Of course, I already pre-ordered it. And yeah. we're just we're gonna go wild with conversions, man. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited with that one. There's gonna be so much opportunity like for cool changing shit out that. engines, having like smoke trails and stuff to block people's line of sight. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna have a trebuchet on legs or treads. I'm not sure which yet. Oh, you need to get the uh, sentinel kit and just put a trebuchet on top of it. Right. <laughs> just have just the chicken legs. Oh my god, that'd I, be so stupid. I have a fucking spare Sentinel kit sitting next to me, so maybe I will. Do it. Just do it. Well, speaking of uh, Sentinels, there's uh, new Imperial Guard stuff they teased, too, which... Which got leaked pretty badly right off the bat. And it then, did. And then they went ahead and just went, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, so with, with that stuff, the Ursula Creed model's okay. I still like uh, Ursicar Creed's model a little bit more. Yeah, uh, it's cool they've got is, his daughter in there. This one's fine. It, it looks pretty cool. It's pretty dynamic. Uh, she, she's got her hero rock. But holy shit, cows are going to come back. Holy shit, cows are going to come back. And they're fucking cool looking. Those are rad models. They look very similar to the original ones too. So they'll they'll tie in really nicely with my 30 or 40 metal ones that I've got. Yeah, they're essentially the old ones, but just proportioned better and and plastic. Um, I don't like how the new Sentinel looks. No? You don't like the chonky Sentinel? Well, it's not that it's chonky. When I see it, I don't think Warhammer. I think Metal Slug. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's just because it's so rounded. Maybe. Like, every, everything else in the Imperium is very, like, flat and angular. This one looks really round to me, but it does also look like it has a missile launcher machine gun. So, you know. Yeah, like a Gatling missile. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I could see where you're coming from, but I think it's still pretty quintessentially Warhammer. I mean, there's still skulls all over it, so you know. Yeah. I think I think it it feels more realistic, which you know, oh yeah, it more. actually looks like somebody could fucking ride in it. Well, because the new one now is just like a joystick and like a panel in front of them. That and also the rounded front makes it where like occasionally a bullet or a rocket might not necessarily go straight through and kill the driver. <laughs> eh, drivers are cheap. It's the machines that's expensive. Yeah. No, See, that's but... the thing is, if the round punches straight through and kills the driver, you just put a new driver in it. If it blew, if it has to blow the whole front end off, then you have to replace all of it, Andrew. That's true. It's true. There, it, <laughs> manpower is expendable in the Imperium. That is very true. This one, it, it'll make a really good cockpit for Ashweights, though. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely looking at every new vehicle kit as what oh, can yeah. I do to convert it. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, it, I'm real. Oh, the other, other hobby progress uh, for my birthday, they, uh, the guys pitched in and got me, um. Dungeon Bowl. So, dungeon Bowl. Dungeon Bowl. Dungeon, Dungeon, Dungeon Bowl. I'm excited about that. It's going to be silly and we got to learn the rules soon. We do. We do. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my goal was to have those guys built today, but instead I built and painted um, Gotrick. Fucking Gotrick. So, mm. I got If you get the Ursula Creed model, are you going with uh, uh, just the hair or are you getting that doofy old helmet she's got on? Wait, does she have multiple head options? Oh yeah, scroll down the page. She has a really goofy like... Oh shit, I was just watching. I just had the video pulled up. Really goofy. Oh, here, let me let me copy it to the Discord. Oh my god, that doofy helmet is glorious. It's so I, goofy. It's, it's very um, uh, Deathcore as opposed to Cadium, though. Kind of. I was going to say it's World War II, but it's like it's like halfway between World War II and World War I-style helmets. Yeah. I really like the detail on the jacket being ripped in the armor beneath. I really like that little detail. Oh, yeah. No, it's very... It's imp- it's very Imperial Guard. It completely nails the aesthetic, but very modern sculpting. Yeah, I, I think is, the uh, better question is, do I give her the uh, magical stick of office, or do I give her the binoculars? Uh, I say you give her the helmet and the stick of office. See, I feel like if I give her the helmet, I would have to give her the binoculars. Hmm. Does she have... What's her right hand options? I think it's um, just the sword? I, yeah, I think it's just the sword on it. Hmm. Hmm. We'll just have to see the options. But no matter yeah, what, right. you got to give her a helmet. Yeah. The helmet's let's, great. Let's be it's real. So in the far future, fucking headgear. Protect, protect uh, the brain bucket. Almost every single model I've built for 40k has a helmet. The only exception being sergeants, and they are still at least wearing Balmoral caps. Um, yeah, at least they're, yeah, it's, it's something. Which, it's not going to protect them from anything, but... Well, let's be out. real. Their helmets are mostly made out of cardboard, so... That's true. They're, they're, they're placebo effect helmets. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, um, let's see. Other fun stuff. Uh, the Deluxe mm-hmm. Spiker finally gets a model. Oh, I love it. It's like the dude from Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, this fucking Megamind motherfucker over here. <laughs> his head is the size of his body. That is, it's pretty close to the art that they had in the book, but it's, I don't know, even more. Like, the, the head in the book looks like, you know, goofy, mad scientist, ridiculous. This is like four times larger than that. Yeah, so that's the thing, is that people are very, like... There's no one who's like, eh, it's okay. Either people fucking love it or they hate it, and it's great to me. I am, I'm squarely in the it's really stupid, therefore I love it. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am too. Like, and and it's really cool stuff around it. Like he's got his um, I don't know, like his rig that his uh, his legs are stapled uh, strapped into, so he doesn't hurt his little little twig legs. So because <laughs> he's because he's floating around on his mega mind powers, of course. Uh, he's got a really cool cape, which is actually what he's attached to the base on. Yeah. Um. He's got these really cool, like, syringes plunging into his head with all kinds of, like, big 
I don't know, it, the way they painted it, it looks like Bacta from Star Wars, but uh, just these, like, you know, vials of liquid behind him. It's it's pretty gnarly when you really look at it. Oh, yeah. So, that's that's a fun, silly Necromunda weirdo. Some of the other cool stuff that's come out of Warcom is they showed a lot more of the, uh, the, the Cargo 8 Ridge Hauler, yeah. and god damn, that's a cool fucking kit. Ooh, I if I wasn't buying the General's Handbook, the rule book for the new Necromunda stuff, yeah. and the squats, I would have gotten one. But ninety bucks is pretty expensive it's, for it's essentially a Tonka too. truck. <laughs> but it's a cool fucking Tonka truck. It's a cool one. It's got guns and spikes, and I want one, but I can't justify one at the I, moment. I love how the dudes in the cockpit even look like they're they're clearly Necromunda, but they're distinctly different from anything else we've seen. Yeah, because the, they're supposed to be Guild of Coin, I believe. Oh, uh, I believe that's right. Which we've heard about, but they haven't released models for yet. And I, I guess these are the models now. Your 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 gang yeah. attaché is you know just guys in a fucking cargo truck. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, what else? Uh, there's a there's the really interesting one that uh, they're new releasing. leagues of Botan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo, squats next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They released some new shots of the the new Hearthkin, which are their their rank and file, which they look fine. I like them. That I don't hate them. I don't love them. They're they're the okay. The only only interesting thing that I've seen out of the leagues of Botan that I really like is there's one dude who. Has just the fucking mustache and the sunglasses. Yeah. And he, he looks like the guy from uh, West Coast Choppers from back in the day. He really or does. Orange County Choppers or whatever the fuck that show was. Like, that's that's who that guy is. Like, ah, I just kind of want that head. Just because it's I, so fucking stupid. The more I look at him, the more I really do like the way they do the armor and the kit. I just, I'm not super sold on, like, the paint scheme they did with them. Like, maybe if the armor was done in a different style. You know, Deep Rock Galactic Caution Stripes. <laughs> I would probably like yeah. him a lot. But um, the one that I do really like is the uh, the Ironkin, which are their their AI robot companions. Which um, you, you like them because they're Mechanicus. Yeah, pretty much. They're, they're one of um, if you look at the Hearthkin, they do actually have. It, it's a robot guy. He's got a he's got a dome head. Um, but mm-hmm. the Ironkin specifically, or I'm guessing like some kind of mid mid tier model. It's not like full heavy support, but. Uh, it's got a fucking goofy little apron, and it's got all kinds of screwdrivers and wrenches and stuff in it, and it's just so silly. I love it. Wait, I, what? What is this model? I don't see that model. Oh, have you not seen that one? That's, um... No. Here, I'll, I'll do the link. Um, it is the Ironkin, which is kind of... It's like... It looks like the the Admech Castellan's... Oh my cousin. god, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Right? It's, it's going in that territory again where it's so stupid that I kind of love it. Oh, it's so stupid that I really don't... <laughs> Well, fair enough. These these guys will what definitely. What is what does the fuel hose go to? Uh, probably his backpack, I guess. That's not enough fuel to fuel anything in the backpack. Maybe he makes your ships go faster. I don't know. Ugh. It's it's very silly. I don't know if I'll get like a full army for it. Has him. toes, Andrew. It has toes. Yeah, it's gotta have stability. No, that's no. Tony, no. why does it need wrenches? It's a robot. You think it have it in its <laughs> arm? Why does it need a leather apron full of wrenches? We're in Warhammer territory. Territory. Ter- 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 <laughs> it has toes. Eh? It's it's all I can see is those stupid little fucking toe shoes that were really big in the 2010s. You know? Uh, send me Ironkin feet pics. <laughs> Gross. Votan <laughs> uh. OnlyFans. <laughs> There's a fucking pull quote. Oh, that one. 
That one was tired. Oh, <laughs> oh no, it's, man. There's some very goofy shit in here. I don't think I'll start a Votan army, but I think I will use some of this as squat fodder for Necromunda at least. Because some of their stuff, I, I feel like it could be good with a little bit of tweaking. But, yeah, the, uh, uh, so we'll, we'll get to what I interrupted you on, which oh is... God. Um, the uh, They've released seven new Shades of Contrast. Yeah, they've got like a whole new line of contrast, con- contrast and shades and... Yeah, it's... like a, a lot. And so they showed them off on Marines... Yeah. Which I don't think does the colors justice. Marines have too many flat planes. They're always the worst the worst place to show off liquidy paints like a shade or a contrast. Yeah. So the the new shades are really nice. I think um I think the real winner on that one is gonna be the uh, the try on blue one. Try and blue, tier I don't fucking know. T- tier the, and the, blue. Yeah, tier and blue, the because it'll it'll do a really good cool blue on uh, whites and things, yeah, along very, with like the soul blight gray. That's a very light light blue for sure. Yeah, I, I think those are the big winners on shades. Uh, mm-hmm. The new contrast line is very bright. Yeah, it's like, very very saturated. It's like I, there's some great stuff you could do with this, but when I first saw it, it looks like board game pieces. Yeah, that's really how does. bright the colors are. Really does have that molded plastic look, which mm-hmm. uh, it's Warhammer, but like a yeah. solid, pl- like kind of like if you buy like Blackstone Fortress or something, where um, the hero models they they come in red plastic. So definitely, definitely that kind of vibe to them. Yeah, but uh, I am really looking forward to that striking scorpion green, that hyper vivid bright green. It's it's uh, that I think will have a lot of good place in my Skaven. I'm definitely looking at a lot of these from a weathering point of view because there's more time oh, yeah. as a shade, which I'm guessing is kind of a brownie green. I can't tell; my eyes are broken. Um, yeah, it's it looks like a it looks like a lighter agrax. Okay, that could be very useful. Uh, mm. And then Garrox gar, sewer. That's probably going to be a really good one for making some really gnarly bases and weathering. Wait, what is that? I'm looking at the contrasts. It's a second row. Oh, 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 yeah, that brown. It's like yeah. an orangey brown, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the um, the gut rip of flesh looks like a really, really close approximation to Nurgle's rot. That same kind of greenish tint to it. It right, uh, it'd, yeah. it'd be good for doing uh, that coloring. You know, of course, it's just looking at the picture. The coloring of Nurgle's rot without the goopiness of Nurgle's rot. Yeah. So if you wanted a, a thin scheme of it, not getting that viscosity that you would get with the actual technical paint, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Black Legion could be good. I don't... Because they have, like, Black Templar contrast paint, right? Yeah, um, the Black Legion looks a lot more matte and gray. Yeah. And then... Cruxagore Scales looks pretty good. We're just naming random paints that sound fun. Uh, play yeah. along, listeners. Look at the Warcom page and see what see if you agree with us, I guess. Cruxagore uh, is that, that, like, bluish one, right? Yeah, kind of the yeah. bluey Yeah, green. That, that nice kind of... Uh, tealish color yeah but yeah um, striking scorpion green i think is the one that i'll probably play with the most the i'm yellow. interested in the yellow yeah. yeah i don't know if that's bad moon or imperial fist i'm guessing bad moon. uh it's imperial fist is it well on the space marine it's imperial fist what the fuck is the difference between these two my eyes work and they look identical to me what the hell hmm Oh, uh, Bad Moon by... has a little bit of like a greenish tint to it, maybe. Let's say side by side, they look a little different. Uh, if you scroll all the way down to the page, bottom of the page, um, yeah, the, 
yeah, I'd have to see how it looks on just like a basic primer. But uh, that looks like a really good way if you are planning on painting a lot of yellow. Because um, mm-hmm. we, we go on about Everland Sunset being really awesome. But if this goes on yeah. in one coat very easily, this could be a great way to base some good yellow stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Or at the very least, a really good way to get like the proper base and then go on with the Everland sun- Sunset and build up from there. Mm-hmm. Or do Everland Sunset and then use this as a wash over it. Yeah, I kind of get like a dark yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I'm definitely excited to play around with them because uh, contrasts are definitely growing on me, especially after my uh, experience with doing the, the iron golems, like I said earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Contrasts are a fantastic tool in the toolbox. Yeah, they're not. Uh, uh, they will never be, like they said in the, your first commercial, where they're like, one coat, that's it. It's that, that was fucking stupid. That was bad yeah. marketing. But they do re- legitimately have a place in, in your toolbox at the very least. Yeah, they're they're very useful for a lot of different applications. And it, it works as a one-coat thing to get things to just a quick and dirty tabletop. Yeah, yeah. If you just want to get, like, you know, shirts, pants, skin, boom, you're done, then yeah. cool. That's fine. Which I'm, I'm, I'm never going to fucking hobby shame on somebody getting paint on their models. Yeah, like, it, we, like we've said before, yeah. it's, it's fine. Not everybody enjoys the painting like we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do what you want to do. I would prefer not to play against gray models, but, you know, if you don't have the time or just hate it, whatever. Mm-hmm. I would rather play against uh, a quick and dirty contrast than a gray model. I would rather play against a gray model than a base, but I'd rather play against a base than not playing at all. Exactly. Um, so. Let's see. Last thing, really, which was pretty recent, was uh, they're going to put up the new Chaos guys for pre-order next week. Yep. Um, a lot of the new cultists rules they've showed on Warcom, which, you know, I I really like them. And I really wish 40k was a lot more fun to play than it is right now, because I'd probably buy into it if uh, if it was. Yeah. Oh, those torments. Those are so creepy. I really like those models. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not a big enough Chaos fan to really get super excited about them. But I'm... I really do like how they look. I'm hopeful that there might be some small overlap between this and Slaves to Darkness since I'm getting into them. Um, if they have more like Chaos Rabble. And uh, at the very least, I could use a Torment as a new Chaos Spawn model if the base size is right. So I'll probably pick some up eventually. Just just for Age of Sigmar. Yeah, and you know, if, if nothing else, I might buy a box of the Cultist just for Necromunda. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but I definitely to- could myself pl- couldn't Ugh, I definitely can't see myself playing an army of them. Fuck. Yeah, Lord. well, it's uh, yet another horde army, and you play... Well, I guess you play tanks, so... Yeah, I was going to say Imperial <laughs> Guard, but... <laughs> no, I've got a horde army. I've got a horde army of guard. I have over 200 infantry. Don't worry. Hmm, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so Necromunda for sure. Uh, it could be yeah. used as some good hive scum, and then if you wanted to actually play Chaos Cultist, boom, there you go. Mm. And uh, another model for Age of Sigmar went on pre-order that I kind of want to get just because it's neat... Hmm. Uh, but I would never use the Scripter Mortis, oh, the fucking yeah. floaty ghost right in a book. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's a cool model. Which box set did that come out with? That was the one that was where they were fighting against uh, Daughters of Cain, right? Yeah, I don't remember what that was called. I don't know. He- Hex Flame? No, not. <laughs> I don't know. They all have Are- very... Arena of Shades. That's it. Yeah, they all have very Age of Sigmar-y sounding names. <laughs> I think Hex Flame's a forty k one actually. Might be. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm no, sitting that's... here next to two halves of Echoes of Doom. Such a fucking cool name. <laughs> that should be the name of your, your Skaven army. Echoes of Doom? No, yeah. I mean, they've already used it for Skaven stuff. Well, no, that's that's what it should be when you play with uh, Screaming Bell specifically. 
Just a list of screaming bells? Yeah, screaming bells and, and anything that has a bell on it. Just just the echoes of doom. Um, Andrew, and you, you know, every, there's... Oh. Every time you play a game, you just play for whom the bell tolls on the loop. Just on max... Not all of it, though. Just the very beginning. Just on loop for fucking three hours. Oh, Metallica was so good <laughs> until 96. Were they, though? They were. Their first albums yeah. were legitimately solid. They were all right. And Justice for All is one of the best metal albums ever. Fight me. <laughs> uh, uh, there is an interesting rumor going around that I know you're excited about, though, Andrew. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, what's on the, the, the cover of the General's Handbook there, buddy? Well, that is uh, what you might describe as uh, a troll, Tony. And do you remember what was on the, the last General's Handbook? Mm, probably fucking, I don't know. Stormcast or some bullshit. I believe it was Stormcast right before they got the huge new line release. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna duh. dangle that in uh, front of you and just make mm. you hope. Duh. Don't give me hope, Tony. Uh. <laughs> no, I, God, I'm glad that noise was hope and not something way worse. Uh, we are. <laughs> uh, we we have been without good rules for so long, and we have so many good models. And I just want oh, to play them. Oh, they're beautiful I, models. I don't have to be good. I just have to be able to keep up. <laughs> I'm okay if, with middle of the pack. If that comes out, we will have to fucking audible and do fucking uh, Skaven and Trogs. Oh, 100%. We are doing. We are going to do Skaven and Gits if that Codex comes out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to do double hordes and just severely piss off anybody we play against or what, but we'd, mm-hmm. we would definitely be playing Skaven and Gits. Well, for 800 points, I can put 160 clan rats. Uh, I would have to see how many models I have and what I need to buy. But <laughs> oh, I'm I got, sure. I got plenty for that. Yeah, if I if I included shooters, I think I have 120 grots. So, oh my god, I don't know if you could carve through 300 models in 2,000 points. It'd be really hard, especially if It'd I if really I stayed back hard. with the shooters and just held objectives and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be it'd, it'd be, just be very hard to carve. We would just through. be frustrating. That would be it. Like, we probably wouldn't do well, but we wouldn't lose just because it'd be so hard to get through that at, at yeah. a, a, a dual 100 or 1,000 points list. I was about to say 100 point list. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it, it's hard to get something in a 1,000 point list that really dishes out a shitload of damage as a single model. Yeah, like you could take a Kragnos, but I don't know if you could legally take him at 1K. I honestly. don't think you can legally take him at 1K. I think same he breaks with, the rule. I think same over. Same with the Gash, same with uh, Archeon, same with. Yeah, uh, I, I think anything over. 450 points, I think, you can't take. I think the only exception would be Mega Gargans. Mega Gargans, I believe so. Yeah. Because... Or maybe it's over five, I'm not sure. Because I was playing around and I could take a Man Crusher or a, uh, a Stompa. Fuck. <laughs> a Man Stompa? A, a Stompa Stompa Crusher? I forget the names Gargan? of my big boys. Um, Christ. Whatever. I can take one Mega Gargant and three Man Crushers. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, now that we're uh, way the fuck into our show. War Stomper? We... Is that what it's called? <laughs> War Stomper, Gatebreaker, Kraken Eater, right? Yeah, War Stomper. That's hey, it. I that remember I my army. Uh, I guess I could have pulled down the fucking Sons of Bahamut book that's literally fucking 16 inches from my face. Oh, yeah. The one that you bought for a friend who never picked up. Yeah, eh, whatever. Now I've eh, got it. It's got some fun lore. Yeah, it's neat. It's also got some really cool conversions in it, so. It's true. Uh, that's what I'm all about. Yippee. All right. So we do want to tap into just a quick little segment today. Uh, thank you for sticking with us for over an hour of us being us. But Wanda, want to talk about pulling my laptop off my desk and breaking it more. Goddamn. 
I know, right? Wanted to talk a little bit about resin. Since, uh, you know, we've been playing a lot more of the specialist games, a lot of that stuff is supported more in resin, specifically from Forge World or Russia or China. But, um, so, you know, Andrew and I have both gotten in recently Forge World orders. So, what do you know about resin, Andrew? Uh, more than I used to, as we talked about after our NOLA episode, I, uh, I did pick up the Rattling Slopper Bigby Crumb for uh, Necromunda and did not wash him. Uh, I got very lucky. His paint stayed on and he didn't fall apart, but uh, I did not know at that particular time that with uh, resin models, they have a releasing agent to shake them loose from their molds, and uh, the releasing agent is hydrophobic, so paints don't like to stay on it. Uh, Especially water-based paints like we use in our hobby. Yeah, didn't know that at all. Uh, I got super lucky, I think, because he's a newer mold and they've just gotten more used to doing resin. They don't use nearly as much of the releasing agent as they used to, so he's still fine. But uh, yeah, I, uh, from, from, from that point forward, I washed all of my resin models. Uh, there's also another really big important thing about resin, and that's the fact that resin is poisonous. Yeah. So if you are cutting or sawing resin, uh, smaller models, it's not that big because you're generally using a hobby knife. Uh, wear a respirator. Wear goggles for it. Seriously. Like, it's, it is poison. If uh, you've got one of the bigger Forge World models that have the significant gates on them where you've got a saw, you want to wear a respirator and you want to make sure you've cleaned up your area fully and not allow pets around that resin dust as well. Yeah. Last thing um, we want is a, a dead pup or kitten. It's also, uh, on top of being poisonous, it's just pretty not good. It'll shred your lungs up if you happen to breathe in some of the dust if you're really getting to sawing on it. Yeah, so a couple of tips for working with resin. First oh. thing you do, when, oh, what's up? Oh, I was going to say, don't leave it in the heat. <laughs> don't leave it in the heat. Uh, so I'm going to start. So, Andrew, you and I, we just bought a, a new pack of resin. We get it in. We check it out. Fuck yeah, it's cool. All the parts are there. Yeah, there's no giant <laughs> bubbles. There's no giant bubbles. It's not fail cast. So first thing you want to do when you get in your resin is open up your package and make sure that all the parts are there. Yes. Uh, Forge World. It, go ahead. I was going to say, because Forge World will replace the entire kit if you can prove yes. that it's missing a piece. Forge World and GW's customer service is like no other company I've ever dealt with. It is like the pinnacle of helping out. And uh, uh, what, let's be real, it costs them practically nothing in terms of plastic and resin. It's They're making a massive percentage of profit, so it's fine if they have to send you a new model on occasion. Right. They don't care that much. It's mostly the postage that they're paying for at this point. Yeah, but even then, other companies still don't do that. Exactly. So, uh, so you get in your resin, you check it out, all the pieces are there. The first thing you're going to want to do is uh, room temperature or slightly warm not hot uh, water with, I use Dawn degreasing soap. That gets that mold release agent off really, really nicely. Yeah, that's exactly what I do as well. And just you just mm -hmm. let it sit for a couple hours, sometimes overnight, mm -hmm. um, just to very, make sure it gets into all the cracks and crevices if it's a yep. very detailed model. Agitate it a little bit, put it in a cup, shake it around some. Not enough to break it, just enough to kind of agitate it and knock anything loose. Yep. And uh, pro tip, when you go to drain it, go and get a tea strainer, like one of those little ball strainers. Put If it's a small model, put all the parts in that, close it, and then strain it and let it dry all the way before you try and glue anything on it. Yeah, I use a uh, 
just like a big strainer like you would use for like flour or something same principle yeah. but uh and then i will uh very I'll, I'll, on very low settings i will turn the faucet on and just make sure to get all that soapy water off because it's same thing the soap is hydrophobic you don't want it to get stuck in any of the cracks and crevices exactly so now we've got our resin it's nice it's washed it's dry all of our release agent is off next thing you got to do is get the model ready to be built so generally in our hobby when you clip things off of sprues you're going to use hobby clippers that is actually something you don't want to use with resin. Resin is super brittle, and when that clipper, the clipper doesn't cut. It actually pushes and breaks the point. So when you're trying to clip resin and you squeeze, what it's going to do is it's going to find the weakest point, and that's where it's going to fracture, which is generally going to be a knee or an elbow or some other spindly shit you're never, ever going to get to glue back together. Yeah, so, like if you're if you're doing like the big, gates for the the sprue itself it's fine but for everything else you want to use a, either a tiny hobby saw or a hobby knife a very sharp hobby knife yeah like if you're if you're working with resin pop pop a brand new blade on that thing and it'll cut through it like butter butter so butter so now you've got it all prepped up you've got it trimmed down when you trim out mold lines on resin Mold lines on resin can actually be a much bigger pain in the ass to clean because I, do you have a mold line remover, Andrew, or no? I still don't. I just use the back of a Zacto blade. Okay, so I do that as well. But a lot of times with resin, since it's such a softer material, you've really got to be careful with those mold lines or you will actually dig into the resin. Yeah. So be very, is, very careful about the that. The resin is very soft. Like if you if you have hard fingernails, you can cut the resin with those. Yeah. So after you've got all that down, you've got all your pieces, and you go to assemble it, resin specifically, you really want to dry fit things together because resin is very temperature sensitive. So sitting in that warm water, sitting in transit, even holding it in your hand can warp the pieces a little bit. So dry fit everything before you start to glue it. Uh, uh, if you listen also... to the end of... Oh, sorry. Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, and also, keeping on the heat train, um, if something ends up getting warped from the first time, you can just dunk it back in warm water and bend it back into place mm -hmm. after it heats back up because it's very soft and malleable in that way. Exactly. Uh, if if you've ever listened to the old independent characters backlog, RIP, we miss you independent characters. You are, you are too good for this world. But seriously, they were the best podcasts ever existed. No offense to any other podcasts. Or ours. Or ours. Uh, but they had a whole episode on resin, and, like, the dude was talking about building a Thunderhawk, and he got, like, a fucking dental sand bed for dentures and stuff like that, and people were like, what the fuck? Because you can, you know, keep the pieces straight by heating them in hot sand. Or you can do like I did when I built a Thunderbolt fighter, uh, and that was sit there with a bucket of warm water on my paint station and a hairdryer on low. So the bigger <laughs> models are a lot harder to get back straight because there's a lot more like dimensions it can warp on. Uh, you can't see it, but I'm doing that move with my hands, showing a bunch of ways it can warp. So, you know, good radio there. Yeah, you know, use your imagination. <laughs> imagination! So, when pieces get bent out of shape, the easiest way to do it is with a little bit of heat. Usually it's a little bit of warm water. If it's something small like a sword, things like that, warm water. You never want to dry bend resin because it's brittle. It will snap. 100% and, every time. 100%. And, and generally, in my experience, it doesn't just break in half like a piece of plastic. It usually shatters. Uh, which, if you've tried to glue a sword two pieces back together, it's a pain in the ass. If it's in five pieces, 
that dude doesn't have a sword anymore. Yeah, you need some elvish magic for that chick, because you ain't putting that Narsil <laughs> back together. There we go. I was hoping you would pick that up. Hey, oh, um, the flame of the yeah. wind. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh, man. So, once you get it all set, everything lines up right. If you are doing a big resin model, don't use super glue. Uh, like if you're using, if you're doing uh, a vehicle specifically, a flyer, anything large, super glue is just not going to hold very well because resin is fucking heavy and dense. Yes. Yes. I, uh, uh, it, it's also it, Astraeus super heavy tank is something like seven pounds of resin. I mean, the Thunderbolt's probably pushing two. Yeah. And then, God like, forbid, you get to a Warlord Titan, that's got to be like 25 pounds of resin. Yeah, and the resin is porous as well, so it kind of absorbs the glue a little bit. So you want to use a two-part epoxy on most resin. Now, that being said, if it's a small model, super glue works perfectly fine. Exactly. Uh, um, get for better smaller, super glue than just, like, shitty super glue. Like, use good super glue, but super glue works just fine. Gorilla Glue Gel is really good for the super glue because mm-hmm. um, it takes, like, 15 seconds to dry. It gives you a little bit to move the piece around if you f- fucked it up in the first time. Um, another big one is get a hobby drill if you don't already, because pinning yes. really, really helps with a lot of resin models, especially if you have, uh, I don't know, kind of like a mid range size one, maybe like your, your Yeti or your, uh, your Verminator model that you got, they got some pretty right. big arms, so they might fall under their own weight if you don't pin them in place. Uh, another thing yeah. to help keep pieces together is score the flat edges with your Zacto yep. knife. So yep, yep, that yep. way there's a place for the super glue to grip onto, and that way it's more easily uh, going to adhere to itself, essentially. And that's a pro-level tip, not just for resin, for any model. Yeah, uh, anytime I've got two heavier pieces together, I usually score them, and I, I score them in, like, uh, opposite directions. Yep. And just a dab of glue, and it, it works like a fucking charm. If it's a big piece that is giving me trouble, sometimes I'll go fucking nuts and I'll like cross hatch it. So that way I got it going yep. both ways on both sides and just to like maximize area for the glue to grip. Exactly. And if you, uh, if when we're talking about the hobby drill, we're not talking like a fucking hand drill or a Dremel. Uh, it's called a pin vice uh, or a hand, I think a hand, hand vice is another name for it or some weird shit like that. But they're like $10 on Amazon. It's this weird little handle. It looks like a jeweler screwdriver, but it has drill bits attached to it. Yeah, super worth it. That's it's all you need. incredibly useful on top of being able to pin models. It's good for making like bullet holes if you want to do battle damage. Mm. Um, drilling out barrels. Drilling out barrels, which is a big one people bitch about. Um, and you only have to go Magnets. crazy far. Yeah, magnets, that's a really big one, especially if you want to mm. maximize your options for something like a knight or a super heavy battle tank or something. Yeah, is, is using that pen vice because you can get all kinds of different size bits for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I got an army painter one. Works totally fine. It served me well for mm-hmm. like four years at this point. It was like, I think, $12 at, uh, at uh, uh, Meeple when we went up there for that tournament. I've had that one for ages now. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a fantastic tool. Yeah. So once you've got it all glued together, pinned, drilled, all that, when you go to prime it, you want to make sure you prime it at the normal temperature for miniatures, normal humidity, but don't leave it sitting out in the sun to dry. No. It will warp. Uh, So I'm lucky enough to have like a little mudroom thing on the house where I can just bring stuff inside after I've primed it. A garage works as well for something like that. You still want it to, you know, air out and things. But don't leave it sitting in the sun or you'll come back to fucking floppy shits. Yeah. 
Whereas, uh, I was going to say, whereas I live in a duplex and, uh, yeah. if I have to do that, I got to throw it in the bathroom with the vent on so I don't gas myself out <laughs> of the place. Yeah. So the, the worst thing you can do for resin is leave it in the sun. Uh, horrors. I've got, I've got two resin horror stories. Uh, one of mine was my Thunderbolt fighter. It's, it's only like $130, $140 model, which in the grand scheme of Forge World is pretty fucking cheap. Yep. But we finished playing a game. I took my stuff. I put it in the car. It was all in the back of the car. None of it was in direct sunlight. Went next door to Red Bull and ate some pad thai with all the guys. Came back out and my Thunderbolt's wings were fucking drooping. And I'm, not, I'm not talking about like, oh, they kind of set weird. I'm talking like you could pick it up and wobble it, and they fucking, they like flapped like a damn dead fish. Turned into droopy dog's face. <laughs> it did, really did. It was like oh, a fucking boy. basset hound. I'm so excited <laughs> but, uh, to play more Warhammer. <laughs> but, you know, the way to fix that was exactly before, you know, I, I got it home. I let it, I tried to set it as best I could while it was still floppy. Uh, and then I just took a hairdryer and warm water, and even with the paint on it, I was able to, to finagle it back to right. So I was going to ask, all how, did fixable. The, how did the, the paint hold up on that? Did it chip off the at paint, all, or was it fine? It didn't, and I think that's because I airbrushed it, so it was a lot of really thin coats. Ah, okay. Kind of sunk so, into the pores of the resin. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like the resin stretched. It just bent. Flexed. <laughs> yeah, flexed. Flexial. Oh boy, I'm getting scared. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the other horror story is back in my wee younger days, before I knew to wash resin, I was like, mm, that shit's weird and shiny, whatever, paint. Uh, I was playing with one of the tanks in a game, and I went to pick it up, and the turret was resin, and when I moved the turret on it, my thumb just wiped the paint right the fuck off of it like it was never there. Yeah. So that was wash. Uh, Gotta wash no that resin. good. Yeah, you do. Uh, Andrew, do you have any other uh, resin working tips for us? Um, no, I think we covered pretty much the bases on it. Uh, I have gotten the occasional bootleg resin model. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of bootleggers do use the same type of resin as Forge World, so typically the same rules apply. However, I have gotten like weird polyurethane resins that are just... Yeah, poured resins. Yeah, which I have done on my own, which is you know, fine. It's my models. I've made my own molds for it and stuff. It's good for like terrain pieces or whatever. If you just want to make a shitload yeah, of scattered sure. terrain, uh, same rules kind of apply, but it's just very different. It's a much more rigid resin. Uh, it's still very brittle, but it's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a good, what, like texture wise, what does forward world resin feel like? Cause it's fairly soft. It's not like if you rub it with your thumb, the nose will fall off or anything, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. Malleable. I don't know. Whereas polyurethane yeah, resin is much more rigid. It's like a plastic. It's, it's much harder. Yeah, the polyurethane feels like almost like a Lego. Yeah, not nearly as durable, but very, very Yeah, rigid. but it's got that same kind of feel. Um, also, if you do um, acquire third-party or bootleg resin, definitely wash the shit out of it. Yes, because they will uh, be much cheaper on their molds, and they will use a lot of yes. releasing agent, if any releasing agent. Yeah, if any is the key there. Because, uh, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't there, there are some recasters that are good at their job and others that are just trying to make a quick buck. So, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> we're we're yeah. not necessarily advocating it, but we understand Forge World is pricey and makes cool models. So, you know, if you're going to be, be safe about it, you can smoke yeah. in the house. I'd rather <laughs> you do it here than outside. Uh, but always also remember that if nobody buys from the place that does the main set of the hobby, the hobby dies. Very true.
I uh, I will so. always do my best to shop from Games Workshop when I can, and if not, then I try and shop from uh, ye local gaming store. Exactly, exactly. But I, I too was a broke college kid. I fully understand. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I think we've all been there. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Tony and Andrew's life tips on shit we fucked up with resin before, so you don't have to. Yeah. Yep, there's a lot of uh, different game types that use it too. I know um, the Fallout Wastelands game is resin. Um, a lot of board games are using resin now because you can get yeah. some pretty solid detail for pretty cheap. So it keeps the cost of the board game itself down. So it's it's out there. Just keep an eye out. It, it, even if you don't end up buying Forge World specifically, you might end up needing some of these uh, tips at some point in your gaming life. Yeah, and remember, not all resin is created equally. You've got the polyurethane resin. Uh, your your two part pour resin. You've got the Forge World resin, and also now on the scene, you've got the three D print resin, the UV cure resin. Yes. So you know, if you see something, it's like, oh, this is resin. Then see what kind of resin it is. Uh, especially like if if it's a UV resin and it's a hollow model, be mindful because they can just bloat and blow out if they're not cured properly on the inside. We should probably have looked up the, the chemical names of these if we're calling one the polyurethane resin and one the uh, Forge World resin. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, That's I, on us. If you're listening to our podcast, you probably know what we mean when we say Forge World resin. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're a ham probably. fan, you kind of have a rough yeah. idea at the very least. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this show. Uh, it was a lot of us talking about stuff we've done in the past month and Kind of given a synopsis of the past month of Warcom articles. It was definitely a catch-up. Uh, we've we've had... It was, it was. We, we just had like a month of... But on my end as well, like very specifically my end, you did very well on your hobby progress, but just summer being so dead, that was like 20 minutes of me yeah. waffling on. So sorry if you don't <laughs> like that part. Skip ahead to like 40 minutes <laughs> in, I guess. Yeah, let us tell you that at the end of the episode real quick. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you've suffered, so you can tell your friends where to go. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, Andrew, what kind of advice you want to leave the kiddos on today? Well, speaking of where to tell your friends to go, be sure to check us out at patreon.com slash dice like ice. You heard it here first, kids. Patreon.com slash dice like ice. And at the moment, there's not much on there. It's a bit of a wasteland, but we are we'll get planning. There. We'll get there. We are planning on adding things. We are uh, open to suggestions for side podcasts. We do like many things other than just Warhammer. So, you know, if you want to hear us discuss what dumb taste in music we have, what our favorite soda is, uh, I don't per know. Perhaps, fucking... perhaps I will have an episode that is just you trying to talk me into liking Star Trek. Yeah, we the first. <laughs> I'll just get episodes... you and Joseph on. And at the end of it, you'll get to hear a shotgun blast. Oh my god, yeah. No, Tony 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 did legitimately cut out like twenty five minutes of me talking about Dude, Star Trek it in was, the first couple I think episodes. It was more than that. It was way more than that. Yeah, it was a lot. I d I don't even know what tangent I got got off on, but there was Jesus Voyager talk. Fuck, I don't even know, dude. It was so that's a thing. Start the Star Trek episode. We can do that. You know, just let us know. It's just um, Tony sits in silence for nine and a half hours while Andrew talks. Yeah, uh, Tony has goofed about making. And occasionally, I just episodes. say, "Shut up, Wesley." Yeah, shut up, Wesley. Or you know, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Worf, Worf has an idea. Make it Picard so. Immediately ignores him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but on top of bonus episodes, we've discussed uh, like having video content. Tony has, mm. has goofed about maybe having like cooking episodes because Tony is a cook and chef for yeah. work. Yeah, me, me and Matt both own restaurants. So Matt, you're getting co-opted into this whether you like it or not. 
Uh, I've talked about building and, and painting videos. I'm, I think yeah. I am. I did go ahead and uh, pre-grab the YouTube link for Dice Like Ice. So I might start uploading some stuff on there. Maybe do like, I don't know, uh, model building. And then maybe I'll do the painting on the Patreon and maybe slowly release some of those painting videos on the YouTube as time goes on. If the Patreon does well, you know, just hobby content. We're, we're looking to expand. We're looking to, to, to give you more of our lovely voices out there. Uh, uh, so, you know, throw us some cash. Let us know what you want to see on the social media. We got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. I don't check Facebook because it's a fucking hell site and Twitter is too. But I'm more on Instagram than anything. Yes, I I've, know it's also I've owned got by a Facebook. Facebook. Don't yeah, add it's me. also owned by Facebook. I, I've got a Facebook. I technically run our Dice Like Guys Facebook page. Uh, feel free. Find us. Check us out on there. Also, we've got a Discord. Uh, join our Patreon or our Facebook and I'll kick you a link to it. Uh, you know, it's just your normal Discord just your normal discord we just shoot the shit talk hobby on there uh we're trying to get a weekly everybody hops in and does some hobby progress we did one the other week that i think had what seven of us on and that was actually a lot of fun yeah we were just you know on on chat and doing video streams just to see what everybody's doing and just it was a good time to hang out just chatting with buds so you can be one of our buds for a couple dollars a month (laughs) Uh, also uh in a i don't know parallel hobby progress hobby thing we've uh, got the dice like ice t- twitch channel Titch which channel. Uh, occasionally you can see me and andrew suck ass at video games on yeah. uh currently the video games we're sucking on are sniper elite 5 and generation zero yeah we did we beat sniper elite 5 it wasn't the worst we did that was actually kind of fun i, I enjoyed that we beat sniper elite 5 on easy i mean i didn't say we were great at it but we did beat it less sniper more elite yeah, we treated it less like a hey, we got to sneak through the bush and was, shoot this one guy. We played, super we played Call of Duty. We, we played, played Call of Duty with shooting people in the nuts. Call of Duty with slow mo Nazi nut shooting, which <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need that these days. Uh, I was really just—it's dis- actually really entertaining how many times we were disappointed that things weren't a nut shot. Oh, there's so many times where they're crouched and you shoot or where you think they're hanging, but you get an intestine shot and you're like, man, that was so a nut shot. Fucking Nazis can't yeah, have nuts. Unless that dude has literally shit his own ass out. That was a nut shot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, occasionally we do that. So I don't know if that becomes a thing people want. We can throw up on the Patreon or the Discord when we're going to play stuff and you can watch us be bad at things, I guess. Or play with us on those games. Uh, yeah, we're with open the to new, multiplayer. Uh, with, the new, yeah, with the new squat stuff coming out, uh, expect me and Andrew to yell, Rock and Stone! A lot yes. more. I, I have put about 30 hours into Deep Rock Galactic in the past couple weeks because, uh, A, summer is dead. I've been trying to hold off on it because I've got other uh, things I need so to do. So much fun. I, I <laughs> just last night uh, leveled or did the prestige on every single class. Uh, Scout was my Jesus last one. Christ, dude. I've unlocked every single gun, so I... Uh, I've I've been getting pretty hard into it. Shame you've got to play on Game Pass with the rest of us. It's fine. It keeps me on par with you guys. Fair enough. Did you ever download uh, Generation Zero for the Game Pass set or no? I did. I just don't have the right like Game Pass level to play with you because this. No, no, no. You 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 have to. Oh, uh, cloud. You have to do it through cloud. Yeah, that's the one where you have to have the updated Game Pass, the one that's like fifteen dollars a month instead of the ten dollars a month. I thought you had that. No, I have the 10 one. We've had this discussion before. Andrew, do you think I remember all the things? Do you know how many discussions we've had even in just the past week? It's a fucking lot. That's fair. But, you know. I talk to you more than I talk to my girlfriend. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. (laughs) I don't know. She refers to you as my other girlfriend sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. 
<laughs> she has more hair than you, though. That's definitely true. <laughs> That's not hard. No. Yeah. It, when you started going balding in your, your mid-20s, it's just, that's life. I'm still fighting the losing fight. That's why I just wear a hat. Ah, just give up. Just shave it. So freeing. I know. I need to. I'm going to one day. If we go positive, I'm going to do the same thing that I said at NOLA. If we go positive at Nova, I'll shave it. Which one? If, like, Slaughter Day doubles? Si- which- Sig- Sig- Sigmar doubles. Sigmar specifically. Okay. Sl- yeah. Slaughter Day, I'm going to go 0-0-3 zero, zero, three with three fucking one-to-one ties. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Calling uh, it here, folks. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see. Maybe you'll break one. You'll you'll have a one to two and just lose. It'll it'll be amazing. God, at this point, I'm ready just to fucking throw a game so I can have something to goddamn draw on my record. Nope, can't throw. You always gotta you gotta you gotta blood that bowl as hard as you can. Sorry, you're right. Uh, I'm ready to pass a game. There you go. Just do just do a passing game and you'll lose. I don't know. Yeah, I don't Valkyries. know, man. Good. <laughs> I have I have Valkyries. They're pretty goddamn good at passing. Yeah, that's true. Shit. Yeah, you're just just, you're, just your team's yetis. Pretty basic, all around good. Yeah, and that's I think that's the issue. Is like the Skaven are just I don't know. Who knows? There's a chance I may just fucking run Skaven up there. I may just paint all those guys up and run them. Ah, we'll play a few games and you can figure it out between now and then. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I've got the only stuff I've got left to paint for Nova is whatever we're carrying for Sigmar, and then a handful of. Uh, Necro weirdos. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what gang I'm taking the, to Necromunda for Nova. You just, you just bring Cawdor as well. Cawdor or Squats, probably. Squats, yeah. I feel like Squats are probably more built for normal Necro than they are Ashways, but they have Ashways rules as yeah. well, so we'll, we'll see. I'm sure everybody will take them, but fuck it, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to light them on fucking fire. Probably. Probably. That's the hope, anyway. Anyway, we should probably wrap this episode up, huh? Yeah, well, now that we've rambled for the last 20 minutes of it. Uh, uh, alrighty, folks, once again, thanks for listening, and have a good night. Bye. Dice like guys must be nice to play some games with your friends. Necromunda makes you wonder how friendships end. So flip that table, if you're able, and consult your charts and graphs. <laughs> so let's have some fun, and get it done, or you can kiss my ass. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show.
You're still here? It's over. Go home.